Hello, I'm Joshua Grinsberg. And I'm Jacob Friedman. And this is Gen Zers Talk Politics. This is a podcast where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. This is not just teen angst. We might throw in a half-baked joke or two. And welcome to the Gen Zers Talk Politics. This episode, we're going to be covering the announcement about troops leaving Germany, reported cyber attacks on the Biden and Trump campaigns, and the new jobs report that just came out. Now let's give it over to Joshua. Thank you, Jacob. And just an announcement, our podcast is currently available on Apple. So if you have Apple uh, Podcasts, please make sure to check it out. President Trump has recently ordered 9,500 American soldiers to leave German bases, reducing the number from 34,500 to 25,000. It is said that this was the result of months-long work by America's top military officer, General Mark Miley. According to military officials, this has occurred due to increased military spending from NATO countries, and therefore less of a need for American military presence in Germany. Others claim the action occurred as a result of Germany's energy alliance with Russia. Heavy American military presence has been in Germany since the end of World War II. Numbers in Germany throughout the years have been steadily decreasing. However, this is by far a larger cut than ever before. So you said we're in Germany. We were in Germany in the first place uh, since World War II, but um, now more or less to affirm our own interests in the region, right? Right. But why? So I read that we that Germany not only holds just the uh, U.S. troops in Germany, but they also um, are the headquarters for the entire uh, American operations in Europe, and and they also also host the Africa Africa Command. So why are we having another a cut now when we when when clearly Russia is on on Europe's doorstep trying to exert its power in uh, in Ukraine and Poland? Why why are we why are we pulling out now? Well, I mean, like I said, according to many people, Germany and the rest of uh, European NATO countries have been developing strongly militarily for over the past couple of decades, especially. And um, I believe, according to many military officials, American presence simply is no longer needed in Germany. I think times change. We've been in Germany for a very long time. Uh, from what I've heard, many American troops will be uh, moving to Poland, which will be closer to Russia which was a very large part of why they have remained in Germany over the last several decades. Wait, but you point out military spending. I thought the whole the whole argument was that uh, Germany has not been putting up its 2%, 2% of their uh, defense budget for NATO, while Poland has. But Germany is where everything is held, where all U.S. military operations for the continent are. And considering how this is a swift move to take out a third of the personnel there, how is it going to incentivize Germany to increase its uh, spending? Well, uh, it could possibly be political. Recently, Donald Trump has attempted to hold the G7 summit with German Chancellor Angela Merkel. However, it was reported she has been thwarting his, his attempt to do so. I don't believe President Trump has the best relationship with Angela Merkel, and that might be uh, part of his rationale for ordering um, 9,500 American soldiers to leave Germany. Furthermore, Trump is uh, very disappointed in Germany for having an energy alliance with Russia. I believe Trump sees this as kind of a kneel towards Russia and to, towards Vladimir Putin. But if that's the case, shouldn't we want troops in Germany to more or less bring a message to Germany that we're sticking with you? We're not going to leave your We're not going to 
leave our alliance with you. We're going to stay, we're going to stay with you and you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go to Russia. You should stay with us and we're going to keep our commitment to staying, to staying in your country. Well, according to Trump, he doesn't believe that America needs to have such a role in that anymore. He believes that Germany is perfectly capable of defending itself. That, 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 that those are simply in the interest of Trump. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, like I said, many of the reasons for leaving Germany in the first place were political. But doesn't that, uh, again, the way of the actual needs of the armed forces? Well, General Mark Miley himself, the top commanding officer in the United States, had actually agreed with the, remov- with the removal of American soldiers from German soil. I think I simply think the rationale behind it is that, according to him, that simply increased military spending in NATO European countries Therefore, it leads to a less of a need for American military presence, and that's simply his rationale for it. All right. Thank you, Joshua. So my second story of the day is from Google, and the, and the social media giant has reported that there were unsuccessful cyber attacks against both the Biden and Trump campaigns via phishing attacks. So apparently, Chinese hackers went after the Biden campaign, and Iranian hackers went after the Trump campaign. They use these phishing attacks, which are basically links filled with viruses that get sent to targets via email. So that's why it's um, important to check to check emails, uh, see if um, you know get a good virus, a good antivirus software, um, or uh, make sure you have a website like Virus Total that checks malicious links for viruses. Just don't open any links from uh, sources you don't you don't know, and. Um, but really, this more or less is a reminder that, that no matter what's going on in the United States, we are having an election. And that election is being attacked. We are facing a crisis of democracy, not only the protests going on right now, but we, are, we have been facing threats from foreign adversaries. And, and even though these things may seem heavily disconnected from each other, we, we need to keep our guard up. We, you know... Even though these attacks were on the campaigns and they were unsuccessful, you know this is a stark reminder that no matter what happens, there are always going to be people that undermine democracy. There are always going to be people who seek to use the latest tools to bring down the top power, which is the United States. And I think that given all of the uh, controversy around what were the origins of all of the of the uh, violence and the looting of the protests in major cities in response to George Floyd. A lot of it seemed to be what seemed to be fabricated online, and there were reports of Russian bots trying to influence the false, some false instances of looting and rioting. In any case, more or less, I think what we all need to remember is that as much as we want to see our democracy defended, as long as uh, as much as we all want to see our intelligence community step it up, step up and protect our voting machines, protect our crucial infrastructure, a lot of it comes from our own personal lives. We should be on the lookout for phishing attacks. We should be on the lookout for fake news. We should be conscious of what gets shared online. And no matter what you think about any of these issues, no matter what you uh, believe in, it's important we have that common ground. We have this new source of information, the internet, and we need to use it responsibly. If So if enough, if enough people use it responsibly, then we're gonna get results that actually reflect the populace. And, and it doesn't matter which way on the political spectrum or what political way that goes. I think we all, we all, we all would rather have – we'd be living the truth instead of living a lie that just kicks the can down the road on the problems we face today. 
Well, Jacob, you actually mentioned that uh, different countries were targeting different campaigns. You said that uh, China was going after Biden and Iran was going after Trump. Why do you think these specific countries are going against these specific campaigns? Well, I would just say that I think China actually wants Trump to win. I think that China is probably the most long-term threat that America faces right now. And considering Biden as a, has a record of being tough on China, and Trump has a record of flip-flopping on China, um, from the tariffs to the, um, to the use of technology to the uh, COVID, I, I think China would want someone in the White House that is more, that is more spontaneous, that, that is more willing to accept Chinese demands, that is willing to uh, you know, work with China rather than be adversarial to it. And, um, and again, because it's grand policy, but um, you know the fact the fact is that China really, as much as I don't like what they're doing, they really know what they really know how to buy up influence with the Belt Road Initiative, and they know that America is a country that is in chaos right now. And I, th- and I think that they want they want to perpetuate that for as long as possible, and that's why they want some they want someone who is more will more willing to be more radical, who's more willing to do whatever he wants rather than someone who plays by the book. And Iran, I don't know. I think I think Iran just wants to uh, um, take down Trump because they, he kills Soleimani. And he put the sanctions after he pulled out the Iran nuclear deal. I think, uh, I think they think because Biden was part of the Obama administration that a Biden presidency would probably be more willing to negotiate with Iran than Trump has. So it is your opinion that Biden will be tougher on China but easier on Iran? I don't know if that's going to be the case if if Biden does make it to White House, but that's that, that's probably what Xi Jinping and uh, Rouhani think. Okay, thank you, Jacob. In other news, the results from jobs report for May were relatively mixed. The unemployment rate has been reported to decrease from 14.7% in April to 13.3% in May, although the actual figure has been shown to be false. As the Bureau of Labor Statistics has announced, there is an error in their data due to misclassification of furloughed workers. The actual rate the Bureau predicts may actually be 16.3%. It is estimated there have been overall 2.5 million jobs added as several states this month have begun to reopen their economies. However, at this point, the unemployment rate is still higher than at any point of the 2008 Great Recession, which, at the very maximum, had only had been around 10%. Currently, it is estimated that 30 million Americans are still receiving unemployment benefits, and 21 million Americans are still unemployed. Many major businesses, from energy to retail, have still filed for bankruptcy. Wait, so Joshua, so is this, is the month of May better for the U.S. economy than the month of April? In terms of jobs added, I definitely think so. I think the country will soon, you know, learn to regain from the initial shock of COVID-19. And I think you can really see that as a trend over the last couple of months with uh, businesses and schools really more easily transferring to be online. And now that states are opening up, I think... Now you kind of see a kind of jump back, although in the long term, I think it'll take a very long time until we see a really big long term increase in the economy. From what I heard, that's going to take a decade for unemployment to reach the levels that, that it were in the January and February. But would you say that something like, um, like the states that are reopening, do you think that even if they get increases in COVID cases, that their economic growth will still be 
trending upward. Do you think that like, we won't have a second lockdown or, uh, you know, the economic situation won't falter again, that people won't, will be scared back into their houses regardless? Well, uh, yeah, I definitely don't agree with states currently reopening their economies, although you can see it creates uh, short-term growth. The second wave of COVID-19, which I think is guaranteed by Anthony Fauci, by the way, uh, will definitely hurt the economy even further. So I think the short-term gains overall aren't really worth it. We can currently see COVID-19 cases rising in states like Texas and Arizona and Arkansas, where they have currently been reopening their economy. So overall, I don't think it's worth it. All right, that wraps up our three stories of the week. Clearly, it has been an interesting week, and uh, given the protests have have definitely been a big story. We just thought it'd be interesting to cover three stories that didn't quite make big of uh, the news cycle as uh, protested. As we turn now to our question of the day, Joshua, what is your favorite monument on the National Mall in Washington? Well, for me, I've got to say it's got to be uh, the Lincoln Memorial and the reflecting pool in front of it, as well as the Washington Monument kind of behind it, that entire area, really. That's the area where uh, MLK gave his famous I Have a Dream speech, and that was where the March on Washington occurred, and so many protests and marches have occurred. I think that entire area has really been a symbol of, you know, the American people's right to really protest and speak out. And I think the reflecting pool has really been a perfect setting for that. Um, Every time I go there, I'm really reminded of, you know, the legacy that it really carries with all of us. And when I look in it, I really see the past lives of so many Americans who stood there to protest against against really something they were passionate in. Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off of yours, I would say, yeah, the Lincoln Memorial. Um, You know, as you said, it's iconic. Major speeches. In, in every movie, in every movie about DC or or uh, that uh, Planet Planet of the Apes movie, uh, the Tim Burton one, you know the reveal was uh, that the monkeys have taken uh, taken over Earth. Well, it was not the Statue of Liberty; it was the Lincoln Memorial. You know, there's just something about the Lincoln Memorial that really screams, "Yeah, this is America. This is you know a shining moment in human history." Um, you know, overcoming overcoming. Uh, overcoming a secession overcoming slavery and really uh you know one you know one man really took leadership and did what was right and really if you walk if you go in and you're you're surrounded by people trying to get up you're trying up and see what you're seeing you're you see you know the statue you see the words of the Gettysburg address and for me personally it's just one of the most powerful moments of any time I go to DC that's one of the highlights no, same for me. I, I, I can never miss it. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zers Talk Politics. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast host and send us questions about anything regarding the news because your questions make this show. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you next time.